Popcorn Hangover. I'm Anna. And I'm John. And welcome to episode 21, where we talk about Bill and Ted Face the Music, the highly anticipated sequel to the Bill and Ted franchise. Nope. (laughs) The highly anticipated trio? The highly anticipated third and final chapter of the Bill and Ted franchise. Well, they say it's going to be the final chapter, but... I don't know where they would go from here. I mean, no one really knew where they were going to go from the last one. True. So, yeah, but from everything they're saying, it is the final one. So, yeah, yay, a new movie. I, we have, when's the last time we did a new movie? It's been a while. A while. Uh, King, King of, of Santa. No, Palm Springs. Palm Springs. So it hasn't been that long. It's been like a month, month and a half. But we are getting into kind of a run of new movies. We tweeted out and posted on Instagram our review schedule last week at some point. By the time you hear this, probably was exactly a week. Um, as a reminder, next week we are going to be doing Tenet. The week after that, we're going to be doing Mulan. Mulan. And then it's kind of up in the air from there. Yeah. <laughs> so really, we only planned out three episodes. <laughs> but yeah, so everybody knows what to watch. So with that being said... Um, what have you been doing this week, Anna? Nothing much. Did I say that I finished, um, that I, Creek? Did I finished Shit's Creek? I can't remember if I said that last time. I don't remember. Cause did you finish it before last episode before we recorded? I have, I cannot remember. It's all right. Time means it, nothing. If I didn't, if I did, if I didn't, I don't care. It was amazing. Love it. John is, will be watching it. I am beg, I've been begging him <laughs> to watch it. And I've gotten my mom to watch it. I've gotten a bunch of people to watch it now. And nice. now I don't really have anything on my agenda besides... Oh, and I f- finally finished Dead to Me. Really good ending. And I'm waiting on The Boys, which comes out this week. Yes, comes out Thursday or Friday. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, so excited. Um, So I haven't really started anything else. My mom and I started watching some trash TV, Love Island, because we just needed some mm-hmm. reality TV in our lives. But other than that, not much. Yeah, I've uh, almost finished Rick and Morty. I have been rewatching Old South Park for some reason, too. It's just kind of been what's on HBO Max. And then I watched a couple of movies this weekend. I watched on HBO. There's a new documentary. It's called Class Action Park. It's about this water park in New Jersey that I don't even know how to fully describe. But if you have HBO Max or HBO, because they have aired it on that too i would recommend checking it out it's an hour and a half of like jaw-dropping documentary it's really good but aside from that sounds interesting it is it's very interesting (laughs) it's like this notorious water park i don't want (laughs) to i don't want to spoil anything for people who don't know don't spoil it it's very messed up (laughs) uh but yeah other than that haven't really been doing anything i'm very excited we are tentatively going to a movie this week because we're going to see Tenet. We haven't decided when we're going to see it. But we're really excited. I'm so excited for popcorn and for a slurp and for a <laughs> icy and a sit in a, one of the recliner seats. Yes. <sighs> I. So yeah, we're going to be seeing Tenet this week. We probably aren't going to see New Mutants. We had said originally we were going to talk about it this episode, but spoiler alert, we didn't see the movie. Also, spoiler alert, apparently it's bad. Mm-hmm. Not that people should really be surprised by that, I'm guessing, but I don't know why they just didn't release it to streaming if it turns out that it's not good. 
Maybe they thought it was good, John. I don't know. I. What do you think they believe in that project? Why wouldn't they believe in it? I don't know. I. It's so weird because I listened last week to an interview with a director, and he sounded so passionate about it, and like I'm so. I'm sure he was. Though. Which of course you're gonna be that way when you promote a movie. But I was like, this sounds really good. He said it was like a mix of a John Hughes movie and Stephen King. I was like, that sounds really cool. But apparently, well, not apparently, the creator of the New Mutants comics came out today in an interview and basically was like, what they put to screen is not what the New Mutants is. And they basically made a mockery of his ideas and his project. And it's like, that sucks. Apparently, too, they spelled the name wrong of the comics creator. And it's it's on all of the posters and in the credits of the movie. And they just spelled his name wrong. And he basically was like, for a movie that took six years to produce, you could have at least spelled my name right. That's True. messed up. That's messed up. <laughs> True. So, yeah. No New Mutants talk today. Go see it. Tell us if you like it. Or don't. I don't care. Okay, so we just have a couple items of news this week. As everyone knows by this point, um, Chadwick Boseman passed away um, uh, last week. Uh, after it was very unexpected after he had cancer for four years and it was a very private affair. Um, if you have the chance, we post streaming picks every week. We picked a few Chadwick Bose movies that we feel are kind of his more iconic roles. Everyone really knows him for Black Panther, but he burst on the scene playing Jackie Robinson in mm-hmm. 42. And he's also done great performances as James Brown and... He just, he had a very short acting career, but he made a lot of impact for a lot of people, and his presence will be missed in Hollywood. He was one of those people that, I don't know if you feel the same way, but felt like he was a superstar, even though he wasn't in that many movies. Yeah, no, I don't think that means, just because he wasn't in that many movies, it's just like he was just getting started. Mm-hmm. That was what it was. I mean, he, he did, yeah, a couple of, like, you know, big hits but he wasn't as well known until like he became like king t'challa and that Mm -hmm. was that was it when he got on the scene as black panther that changed a lot a lot for also for black film like for Mm -hmm. i feel like you see all over all these people saying that they finally saw a superhero that they could you know a lot of black people said that they felt that they saw someone that they could relate with in you know in pop culture in as a superhero which i think was an amazing Mm -hmm. thing and he was just a great great guy so it's so sad but it's amazing everything he did throughout all of that it's crazy too like i'm sure everyone has gone back and read interviews and seen stuff posted on social media but how many interviews he did where looking back on it now you could tell that he was like struggling through something and no one really picked up on it they just thought that he was like fed up with publicity and stuff it's it's crazy but rest in peace chadwick boseman um leaves behind a tremendous film legacy and hopefully that lives on for many 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 years which i think that it will on to a couple release notes as anna said before the boys comes out september 4th that'll be released on an episode by episode basis We won't spoil anything on our future episodes, but we probably will mention it here and there. So if you're watching The Boys, tweet at us, contact us, I don't know, talk to us about The Boys. Um, Mulan comes out this week, September 4th. 
It'll be $30 on Disney Plus. If you wait until November, though, Disney announced that it'll be free. So if you want to wait a couple months to see the live Mulan, you can wait. Okay, so Bill and Ted face the music. What a journey that was watching this movie. Um, So obviously John and I are Bill and Ted fans. We like Bill and Ted. We both watched it as kids, but we're obviously not, you know, the cult following that it has for these huge Bill and Ted people. But every time we ever tweeted anything about this Bill and Ted movie, we got so much engagement and so many people liked or comment like or, or replied to us or quote tweet and we're like, what is going on? I mean, there's no other movie. I mean, other than Space Jam, but more so this film, for some reason, everyone loves us when we talk about Bill and Ted. So we're like, okay, we got to do Bill and Ted because our our following of all news, Bill and Ted, will get so mad at us if we don't. <laughs> yes. And I don't, based on the trailers, I don't know if this movie was what I expected it to be, better than what I expected it to be, worse. I don't know what. I don't know how good of a job the trailer did at showing what this movie was. I mean, it's a trailer, so trailers never show a good representation. I mean, but they should show, like, something. It basically told the story. They had to write the song to unite the world. That was it. I mean, that was basically it. That's the premise of this film, is to write a song to unite the world. It's a pretty... I mean, it's kind of what I expected. I mean, it's just ridiculous, but that's how, you know, these films always are. Mm-hmm. So do you want to go into the synopsis? Yeah. So Bill and Ted Face the Music is the third entry in the Bill and Ted franchise. As Anna said, it revolves around the duo being told they must write a song to save all of time and reality. As a side note, I'm really not sure how that works, and they didn't really explain it, but... Um, As always, there's a wide variety of historical figures who appear throughout the film and tons of time travel. The film stars Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter as Bill and Ted. And what's interesting is this movie has been written and in various stages of production since as early as 2010, but they had a lot of issues getting financing for the project, so it didn't actually start filming until June of 2019. It came out on August 28th, 2020 it had a budget of 25 million dollars and because of the pandemic right now it's been released straight to streaming it has a little bit of a box office with a million dollars from a select number of theaters that it's in but it's estimated by hollywood people that it's going to make its budget back on strong vod sales from the first week and it's staggered release as it rolls out to more theaters throughout the world it has currently an 80% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and an 80% audience score. Which literally blows my mind. <laughs> I think the original has a 79. I mean, here's the thing. <laughs> the first film is ridiculous. Obviously, it doesn't make sense, and that's the whole point. It's just supposed to be a wacky ridiculous adventure sci-fi adventure like that's the whole point of it yeah and then i thought maybe i had seen bill and ted's bogus journey i have not because i read the (laughs) synopsis i was like i definitely did not see this and that one was not well reviewed i have to make a quick correction before we go on the original also has an 80 percent critic but a 75 audience got it so Apparently, people like this one better. 
I mean, that's way more audience reviews. Yeah, that is way more audience reviews. That's how it works. So, unlike Anna, I have seen the second movie. I think the first one is leagues better than the first. Or, sorry. The first one is leagues better than the second one. And the third one, I believe, is much better than number two. So, I think it goes one, three, two. I just don't understand why they even talked about number two <laughs> in there. I guess they're they're going for their, like, their core audience, which is the people who like both. But yeah. I just was so confused by those parts. I mean, John had to explain to me, like, oh, yeah, no, they know who death is. I'm like, oh, okay, I was so confused. I mean, it's a Bill and Ted movie for sure, but it's just not as clever as the first, which I think that's my issue with it, Mm -hmm. is there's all these, there's these such this, these great storylines in the first especially with the historical figures like that's what you makes you like it are those mm-hmm. people and this it's like barely any of that yeah this the the time travel in this with the historical element is i don't want to say it's too cash grabby is not the word i don't know what the word i'm looking for is but it's like forced a little bit well in the the plot okay so we're just gonna go straight into it the basically here's the storyline like in a nutshell they Bill and Ted's lives are not going, you know, according to, okay, so if you know, I feel like if you're listening to this episode, you know Bill and Ted and you know the first movie, but I'm just going to give you a gist. They had to, the premise of the first movie is to, the two of them have to ace their history class, or yes. they had to pass their history class, otherwise Ted is going to get sent to military school, and if he gets sent to military school and they don't create Wild Stallion, their band, then they don't end up the utopian society in the future never happens mm-hmm. because in the future they are the great ones or the the chosen yeah, ones. No, they're, they're the great ones. They're the great ones, and everything is ba- the utopian society is based off of their ideals yeah. of be excellent to one another and their music in Wild Stallion. So that's the premise of the first film. Very ridiculous. So ridiculous. It's not even. It's so ridiculous. It's bad, but also it's so ridiculous. It's like the funniest thing ever. And their mannerisms are great, which I like that they kept that overall mannerisms of them too. But the problem is now they're introducing, so now their lives aren't going that great. They did make a song to unite the world in the second film, but it ended up not actually working, is mm-hmm. what they say. And so now they have to create, they have a time, they're on a time crunch to create a song to unite the universe and also save reality. But there, so there's a lot of like weird other story, like you know storylines about like their lives and like you know how mm. the future, how they, you know what they've done wraps into it. But basically, their children, their two girls, their daughters are involved. They're literally replicas of them, which is the stupidest thing ever. And you know who saves everyone? The two girls, the most predictable thing you ever which, saw. Which Anna and I called like once they unveiled the the whole premise and then they go back and i forget it's like uh theodosia and um no thea oh yeah god i can't remember their exact names thea and billy yeah thea and billy thank you um once once you find like once you get the premise of the movie and they go back and they really hammer you over the head that they also are named bill and ted but female you're like no logan and Logan and whatever his last name is. Oh, they say, yeah, 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 yeah. The prophecy says 
that Logan and whatever, I can't remember his name now, Pearson? No. P. It's with a P. Sorry, Bill and Ted stands. We're not great with names. What's the song. Sorry. The the prophecy says oh, that yeah. po- that Logan and Preston will will sing a song to save the universe. Whatever. And so I'm like, you know, it's the freaking children. Of course. <laughs> it's just and I like there are laughable moments. Like the robot was hilarious, Dennis. Dennis, when when the when the robot starts to question his like objectives and calling himself a failure i laughed out loud that was when he becomes i feel like, i feel gratitude <laughs> we get it your name is dennis oh man uh dennis conroy dennis con dennis something conway dennis no dennis caleb mccoy mccoy we, we get it you're a grateful robot named dennis caleb mccoy that was self-conscious yeah hit when when he gets to hell that's just like uh hell was great yeah hell's the best part of this movie no yeah i i think there are i enjoyed i I think we can split this movie into two halves there's what the daughters do and what bill and ted do i think what bill and ted do where they're going to future versions of themselves and see how their lives spiral out of control i thought those scenes were pretty funny yeah but i did like literally when they were in hell and they're talking to the demons like enjoy hell (laughs) y'all That was really funny. <laughs> like, they're su- such nice people. Such nice people. They went that way. <laughs> like, they're demons. Well, also, too, when you find out that the robot was named after that girl's ex-boyfriend <laughs> and the robot was created by her mom, that was also very funny. But, he- okay, here's my problem, though, that I have a problem with this whole premise, is, you know how they keep going more and more into the future and they go to, like, when they die and stuff? Yeah. Aren't they supposed to be in a utopian society where they are the great ones? They never seem to be the great ones anymore. So that was the question. That's my biggest question with this movie and not digging too deep. The utopian society, when does this exist? Yeah. Because it's like, it seems like it's out of time because she gives them that watch with time and it's counting down. But they had them in the first movie. Remember he had a second oh, watch. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because it's like, like your uh, oh, God, what's that called? It's like absolute. Because remember time or when something. he was yeah. like, he was like, Ted, make sure your watch, like, set your yeah, watch back. Yeah. yeah. Well, it it's weird though because I mean, even with knowing that point, like the utopian society exists outside of time, seemingly. Well, basically, they're t- we're getting on another space time continuum movie. Ah. Uh. <laughs> The only person in this movie that understands how time works is Kid Cudi. That was great. Okay, also, so in the beginning, they did show how things were not going right because yeah. they because they needed, like, stuff was off balance because Bill and Ted didn't unite the world, yeah. unite the universe. And so they kept taking, like, historical figures and, like, putting them in different places. Mm-hmm. And Kid Cudi, well, some, you know, someone was doing a concert and then they took him out. I was like, was that Kid Cudi? And John was like, no, I don't think so. I was like, no, I'm pretty sure. Like, I knew from the moment. <laughs> and then John was like, oh, wait, it was Kid Cudi. I was like, yeah, I know. And he was in this film and he actually, I thought for a second it was just gonna be like a little bit. And then he ended up being a big a part at the end. And we found out that it's because he's a big Bill and Ted fan. So the the exact story is... In 2013, he was at Soho House at the same time as Alex Winter and came up to him and was like, hey, 
I used to watch your movies when I was seven years old all the time. Bill and Ted was his favorite film franchise. And he told him, if you ever make a third movie, I would like to be in it. And Alex Winter said, okay, I'll keep you in mind. Yeah. And initially, they didn't have a part for him. There was going to be someone else, some other, like, non-significant rapper. And Kid Cudi's agent happened to be the same agent as uh, either Keanu Reeves or Alex Winter. And, like, somehow reminded Alex Winter of this conversation. And he was like, oh, yeah, I'll put Kid Cudi in the movie. And then gave him this pretty big role. Yeah, I mean, like, they stayed true... I mean, they stayed true to, like, a lot of the Bill and Ted stuff that you love, like, the excellent or, like, mm-hmm. totally, like, wicked, like, that stuff. And they, you know, Ke- seeing an older Keanu Reeves after all that he's done since then doing mm-hmm. this exact stuff is hilarious. But sometimes it was overkill, and I think that they didn't, you know, I mean, I think, too, it's a nostalgic kind of thing. When you watch yeah. it and you see it now, they did something in 2020 doing it, you're like, this is a little cheesy, but... Well, and that was going to be my my point earlier that I didn't get to. Like, Bill and Ted, the original, came out in 1989, and the humor and the style of that movie and the fact that it's low budget felt very much of that era. It does feel a bit out of place in 2020. Yeah, I, I do, you know, I think it would have been so much better if the two girls would have been... Like, they would have made them, like, hit, you know. Yeah. The whole point that Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure being so great was because they were, like, these two rocker, like, you know, outcast dudes. And, like, mm-hmm. there were people not, obviously, that was a caricature. But that was, there were yeah. kids that yeah. were like that, that all they cared about doing music. And they were going to be rock stars. And mm-hmm. that's it. And all they cared about was rock and roll. But, and I think the problem with this is that they could have, this could have been really great if, Everything was the same except for the fact that the two daughters, Thea and Billy, were 2020 teenagers. Yeah. I think that there just could have been something, and they could have been quirky. Like, there are quirky teens, and I just think that they were not, if they're the characters that save everything, that do everything, like, they had soundboards and stuff, Mm -hmm. which was, you know, like, how, I don't know, that's a thing, you know, DJs and stuff. Yeah, they're modern artists that use that. But... I just feel like it would have been a lot more believable and a lot more heartfelt because I think what they were going for is like this heartfelt yeah. like family thing if they were believable characters because they were not believable to me. They annoyed the hell out so, of me. So I agree with your point entirely. I think that it is entirely believable that Bill and Ted would be in their 50s and still be like like Cali bros. Like, yeah. To, like totally like – that's totally believable that they kind of never grew up mm-hmm. because that's just who Bill and Ted are. It's not believable that their daughters in 2020 would be that because they would modern teenagers would bully them so <laughs> much that they would like change their personalities entirely. Yeah, like they could be super, you know, I'm imagining like the girls from Booksmart kind of thing. Like that's yes. what they could have been yeah. like and be like super quirky and like don't care about what anybody thinks about them yeah and but i mean they did the whole smartphone thing like she like videotaped Jimi hendrix yeah. but i just feel like they could have done so much they could have had them on snapchat like snapchatting these things like it could have been so cool like they could have mm-hmm. done some cool stuff with it but obviously the whole that that wasn't the point of the film and they're not trying to i don't think that their point was to make like 
an amazing film. Their film was the, the point is nostalgia. No, th- this this is not like this movie is not even really about making money. This movie is like here's your early... this this is Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter just having fun. Well, because Keanu Reeves arguably right now because of John Wick is like the second or third biggest action star on the planet right now mm-hmm. in his in his mid fifties. Keanu Reeves has had a career renaissance. They're bringing the Matrix back. John Wick has two more films ordered. Keanu Reeves is a big-time star. He does not have to do these movies anymore. Yeah. At all. But I think that he wants to because it's fun. And you can tell he's having fun. No, and I, I like mean, seeing that. The, the film is, like... I had, I had fun. The beginning, yeah. Like, the, it takes way too the long. The first 20 minutes... I are said, ridiculous. I said this when we were watching. A Bill and Ted movie taking 20 minutes to get to the time travel part is that's not how it's supposed to be yeah you need to have them in a phone booth within six minutes of the movie starting (laughs) i yeah i was like where is this going i thought the whole couples therapy thing was stupid okay i laughed i the therapy scenes made me laugh especially once the therapist figured out that they were not lying about time travel and stuff it was okay but i I do think it's a fun film. Like, I did enjoy parts of it. I wasn't like, oh, this is awful. But I don't think I'd ever watch it again. Like, it was, no, it was fun. No, I, I think that it fits in perfectly with the other movies in the franchise. But if you're going to give me the choice of what I'm going to rewatch, it's going it's to be the first need one. always Bill and Because I think the first one is legitimately a very heartfelt... And not that this isn't heartfelt, but, but the, the first one is such a charismatic movie. But also, too, it's... Not okay. It's smart in the way of how ridiculous it is in a very I don't know what the it's not like not smart's not the word I want. Like it's not innovative. I don't know. Some you know what I'm saying? Like it's witty and mm-hmm. it's just a good like it's outlandish, but it but it will it's great. I think that's there's nothing like it. I think that smart, honestly, as weird as it sounds, is a good way to describe it because one thing about Bill and Ted, the entire franchise, they are remarkably consistent about time travel rules, about this one gets into, like, multiverse theory and stuff. They're remarkably consistent with science. Yeah. Which is wild for movies where <laughs> they pluck. Well, basically nothing. They basically have the same... It's basically the same kind of thing as... It's it's as consistent as Marvel is because anything that they go back and do doesn't actually alter the yeah. past for them. Yeah. They take much more of the, um... The only thing is, though, if they go into the future to see their future selves, their future selves know they're coming, obviously, because they're the same person. So, it is kind of confusing. But I think that that's the whole point, is, like, they don't care about... They don't care if it doesn't make sense. It's all about the fun of it. Mm -hmm. I just think I... Yeah, I definitely just wish that... There was just more. I I thought it was so cool that they went back and they're like, Let, we're going to get the best band of all time. Like, that was, I was like, great, this is just like the history thing. Mm-hmm. But obviously, like, they didn't spend so much time on that. Like, that was very yeah. little amount. Whereas, you know, the first movie, those are all the best parts are when they're, you know, when they're in medieval times and they're there for, mm-hmm. like, once, when they get trapped in, like, in beasts, whatever, like, 2000, like, 800 BC mm-hmm. in San Dimas. When they, the other thing that's the best, I think my favorite parts of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is Napoleon. Yeah, like, Napoleon's the best part of that That movie. is the best part of that movie. The 
by far the funniest thing in that movie is Napoleon. Like when he's on the slide and he goes down at the first time, I laugh so hard. <laughs> and I just wish there was something like that. Like they didn't do much with like those people from the past, like from history, they didn't do much with them. The the Like Mozart was the funniest one. The big missed opportunity I think they had is when they went back to New Orleans and they showed Louis Armstrong the video of Jimi Hendrix playing the guitar. Mm-hmm. He was kind of shocked by the smartphone thing, but I think they could have had a like a huge gag about him not being impressed by the guitar as much as the phone. Like they were back a hundred years with a yeah, smartphone. Yeah, but like, so- but they they're trying to go based on the same way like Socrates and them. Like they were like they were kind of like hmm, but they weren't like yeah freaked out by they were, but not too much. Well, but I think you could have done something yeah. there. It's tough to it's tough to say really what you know where that big moment was missing from. Mm-hmm. I think that they the closest they got to it was the robot was Dennis. Yeah. As like your 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 stereotypical Bill and Ted laugh out loud moment, but that happened too late in the movie. Yeah. Like if that happens halfway through the movie, I think if they go to hell earlier, this is a way different movie no when dennis when like every time dennis shoots someone and he by accident and like he's just like oh no oh oh oh, no (laughs) i also i love that idea that if dennis shot someone that they're gone from all of time i really like that concept too that was that's just a side thought because i don't remember them saying that uh, when they when bill and ted visited their prison selves Mm -hmm. the prison one said if he shoots them oh th- from we, the future yes. yeah 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 yes you i thought you were saying like ever no 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 yeah. no it that it would yeah, mess duh. up the time stream yeah duh. uh this is just a random thought when they go ahead to the future and they so they finally get the song or so we think from bill and ted who are speaking with british accents the note i took down from that scene had nothing to do with them being in britain or like summering in medieval england and all these ridiculous things they were never in britain no no they said they said that we summer now in medieval times yeah in medieval england yeah but why do you care about britain i don't know Go. i said england okay okay whatever i put in my note that fat keanu reeves is a very sad sight to see when he has like his shirt unbuttoned mm-hmm. and is slugging vodka i wish i never would have ever seen that image ever because Keanu is like that that's not him that was very off-putting <laughs> uh also as I'm a big fan of a uh, product placement Guitar Center got a really big well, ad and that's when this got like so cheesy because they were like we have to give instruments to the world and it's like okay <laughs> and they're like it wasn't so much the song but everyone playing at the same time and I'm like we are the world everyone <laughs> It's like, this seems, this just feels like a child movie at this point. Like that would, I mean, I know it's supposed to be like, you know, the ribbon bow yeah. ending, but I was like, oh God, dear Lord. I'm glad that we watched it, but also I'm a bit, a bit disappointed because they could have made a better, could have made a better end to the trilogy. Yeah. But, you know, it was a fun time and that's all we needed. And it's providing me the inspiration. I'm going to rewatch Bill and Ted this week because I have it on DVD. <laughs> I have it on DVD too. I everyone, feel like, I feel like everyone has to have that on DVD. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a weird thing. Like, I don't know when I got it because I definitely didn't have it as a kid. 
Oh, we had it. But it was always on, like, random channels. It was always on, like, IFC <laughs> or one of those just random movie channels. Yeah. But that is Bill and Ted 3. I don't really know what else we can say, so why don't we get on to rating the movie? Anna, I'm going to let you start. I feel like we're going to be far apart on this because I can't really tell what you're going to... I'm going to give it a 61. Okay. That is much higher than I thought you were going to give it. I was going to say 58, and I went to 61. (laughs) I'm going to give this a 72. Oh, Jesus. I'm going to give it that because if you take out, like, the 30 minutes of wasted space that they had that they could have done better stuff, the remaining... you're saying they only have 32% to improve upon? Uh, 30... 28%. Sorry, 28%. Dude, a a 72 is a low C in school. Look... Don't criticize my score. You're going based on A, B, C, D. You know, no. I have something. If we want to get into that about, I, I don't understand how why how they grade children <laughs> in this way. <laughs> I will never understand why in grade school, if you get a 70, that could be a D. Like, it's crazy to me. But I will not go into that right now. But I cannot believe that you're going off of that scale. All right, look. My score for this is a 72. Okay. If you disagree, please comment. I had a lot of fun. I'm never going to watch this movie again, but I had a lot of fun. And that's enough for me. Okay. That is enough. But because the original Bill and Ted, and I guess it's sequel to a degree, are cult classic films, we decided this week, instead of ranking an individual actor or Kid Cudi songs or something random like that, that we are going to do top five cult classic movies. I think that our lists are probably going to be very different because there just are so many options to choose from, and neither of us have seen anywhere close to the... to to like. Yeah, and I also think, too, sometimes being considered a cult classic can mean a lot of different things for people. Mm -hmm. Like, you can consider a lot of things a cult class depending on what your definition is. Like some people consider to be flops at the box office but then they became commercial successes after the fact Mm -hmm. because of the strong following but then other people consider you know movies like the goonies or the breakfast club or or um clueless to be cult classics because of their strong followings but they were also commercial successes so it's it's funny because obviously when we when we do these lists we always look up a bunch of movies Mm -hmm. And The Breakfast Club was on so many of them, and I was like, that movie was popular when it came out, wasn't I it? Think, I think the thing with The Breakfast Club is that its its following has be, been so strong over the yeah. years. The other thing is it displays itself kind of like an indie movie, mm-hmm. even though, obviously, it made mo- a lot of money. It was commercial success. So I think that is... And that's the same thing with The Goonies. The Goonies was a huge commercial success. Yeah. It had two... Very, it was directed and produced by two very big names in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. But the, I think the fact that it's a cult classic is because it stands throughout time. Like people, there's people who, there, it's the rewatchability of it. It's the people who, you know, like me, who are obsessed with that movie and just constantly, yeah. you know, quote it, love, you know, love it. But I think we both kind of had the same definition of, in my opinion, I mean, I think. All those can be considered cult classics, but we kind of went based on the category of um, not very commercially successful when it came out, Mm -hmm. but has since then grown a following and um, 
made a lot of money because of the following it's it's gained. Yeah. I think I would I was assuming you were also I it it's so it's tough to figure out what movies make on their home video sales, so VHS, DVD, Blu-ray, mm-hmm. digital, all that because they're sold by so many different outlets and it, it's just tough to keep track of that, but I think that in my mind I think of a cult classic have more people bought this on DVD than at a movie theater. Yeah. And I don't have the numbers to back it up, so I could be wrong, but I think that all of mine meet that category without really looking up box office I figures. believe so, too. Yes. Yeah. Um. So, do you want to start off with honorable mentions? I don't have any. I wrote down six movies, but then I erased the sixth one, so I, mean, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have one. I always, I guess, John and I have very different ways of doing this. I write down as many movies as I can think of. That's what I did this week. Um, I write down as many movies that I like that I can think of that I see on lists that I like. And so it usually comes out to like 10 or 12. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if I'm going to do some, some, uh, a, if you want me to do a honorable mention, I would go with Hocus Pocus. Okay. That's a big cult following and it did not do well in box office nor did it do well with the, um, it's, but I think it's become a classic Disney movie, especially with our age group. Is that on Disney Plus? Because yeah, I know. Well, so I always know growing up that it was on ABC Family in October all the time. Yeah, it's on Disney Plus. Okay. It's a Disney I movie. D- I didn't know that for sure. <laughs> it's a Disney movie for sure. Also, Matilda. Ooh, that's good. Grew up with that. It taught me many life lessons. Matilda is an awesome, awesome movie. It was our generation or right before us their real introduction to danny devito Mm -hmm. because before that he was the penguin in batman and now danny devito is like kind of a big personality again but it's crazy because that was my first what's crazy too is he my dad always like my dad always mentions this it's like the fact that they the they're literally the worst people oh they're they're they're, terrible. they're terrible people but danny devito is not even in it that much. I mean, he is in it, but not as much as mm-hmm. other characters. And he steals the show. Oh, he's great. He's so good. We need to find a Danny DeVito Ms. movie. Trunchbull. Uh, I love that movie. Isn't and it? But isn't the one issue? Isn't the one issue that people have with that movie though that Miss Trunchbull is usually played by a man in in theater, but in that it's actually played by a woman. But I think she did a good job. I mean, no, I've she, seen she this in did. The, I saw the musical when I was in London, and my dad wanted to go, and I was, like, not that excited about it. And the musical was so good. So if you ever see anything, if you ever see a, um, a movie post or a, a showing of that, I encourage you to see it because it's so entertaining for God. children and for adults alike. That's, that's a movie now that we're talking about. It. I haven't seen that in forever. I would love to see that movie. But it, it's, like, ingrained in my head. Yes. Like, I... I I can do the whole scene. Like, I remember being mesmerized by her as a child, like, watching this on VHS when she's like, <laughs> and she's doing her breakfast. Like, that is iconic. Remember when that scene kind of got big with edits on Vine? Yeah. Where, like, it would change what she was pointing to? Mm-hmm. That was, oh, man. I'm going to go, I got to find how to watch that. <laughs> Matilda? Yeah. You can watch it some, I'm sure it's somewhere. I mean, everything's streaming somewhere except for the movies I want to watch. It's always, like... <laughs> A movie I want to watch in a moment, just not streaming. Yeah. But, okay, that's your, those are your only two honorable mentions? Yeah. Okay. So, I will start then with my number five, because I don't have any honorable mentions. My number five is a movie very near and dear to my heart. A lot of people don't like this movie, but 
I do. It's my mom's favorite or one of her favorite movies. I'm it's, scared. What is it? I think you know that it's Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, yeah. I love that movie. I love the I mean, it's not like my favorite movie, but I always liked it whenever I watched it. It's hilarious. It's it's like nothing literally nothing happens. There is no plot. Nothing ever happens. Well, the girl. I mean, sort of, but like not really. Um, it has produced some incredible characters like Uncle Rico is most people's standout. Tina, the, I think she's an alpaca. I don't even know what she is. An alpaca or a llama. No, she's an but alpaca. Tina, you fat lard. Come get, <laughs> Come get your, your dinner. dinner. Um, lines like Napoleon. Pedro. Napoleon, let me get some tots. Vote for Pedro. And of course, the dance scene at the end. Also in the beginning. <laughs> the butterfly the butterflies oh my god that that movie i think too it was like a cultural like phenomenon when it came out i mean if you didn't see it and you didn't know the lines from that movie you were not cool you couldn't i i but it's crazy because well, how old you, are we were like we like we were in third grade i want to say yes and then up until like fifth grade <laughs> it, you heard tina you fat lard come get your dinner every day for two years do you, in, in school do you know if you saw that movie in theaters no definitely not because i definitely didn't but for some reason it like i own the movie poster it's somewhere in my house mm-hmm. i own it i i just don't i don't know when i first saw that movie but i know once i saw it i watched it all the time uh, what, oh God, what's the other guy's name too? Rex Quando, the, <laughs> the American flag wearing pants dojo leader. Like, it's just such, like, is it objectively a stupid movie? Yeah. But I love that. You can't be sad and watch that movie. It's, no, it's so, so funny. Good. It's so good. But that's my number five. All right. My number five is It's a Wonderful Life because... It did not get popular until years later because of its okay. continued showing on um, TV during Christmas. Did you know that? I just found that out. Wasn't, um, sorry to cut you off, wasn't Singing in the Rain similar where like it was a huge flop and then years later it became... I don't think it was a huge flop. I mean, it's considered, Singing in the Rain, if you want to even go into that, is considered one of like most, like, one of the best comedic performances like... But, yeah, by the... Gene by Gene Kelly, right? Yeah. It's like I'm pretty sure though that that it it did not succeed. It was well, a similar now thing. I need to know. Sorry, I did not mean to sidetrack this entire uh, list, but I thought I thought that it was a similar thing. Yeah. So I guess it um, was a modest hit when it was first released, and then it just got bigger and bigger. It's it's weird that I just made that mental association. I don't think there's a single thing that connects those movies, but I. I just thought of that for a second. Yes. But so it's a wonderful life you were well, saying. Yeah, so I so that's why I said that because which it makes sense because they constantly played it on Christmas. I mean, it's played every year on Christmas Eve. Do you And do sorry. you associate it more with Christmas or with New Year's? So like Christmas. my my dad watches it on New Year's all why? the time. I don't know. And I don't get why they do so I get why, I don't know, that song is like, it's like new beginnings and stuff, but like the whole point of them singing the song in the end is like, because like it's a new, like yeah. whatever. But he, he literally, why would he watch it on New Year's? He literally says this, Merry Christmas, George. Maybe it's new, maybe it's Christmas Eve then, but I swear someone I know watches it on New weird. Year's, which is weird. But Christmas, I, my whole, my family, for as long as I can remember, 
when we weren't going, my mom watched it, like, has always loved it. And when we stopped going to my, having Christmas Eve with my family, with my extended family, mm-hmm. we would watch this. And one year we missed it and we didn't record it. And so we literally went and bought it on DVD <laughs> because we were like, we need to have this so we can watch it every year and not have to worry about the stupid, like, getting it on cable and have to watch the commercials. Uh, it's one of my favorite films. I think it's my favorite Christmas film. It's so good. Here's a pop quiz. When it is on TV, what channel is it on? Isn't CBS or NBC? It's NBC. Or NBC. I, I don't know why I remember that, but... Yeah, because is... Um, is it is a universal property? Christmas is a Christmas story on CBS. Ooh, I don't... Because they're on the same time. Well, no, Christmas story, I think, is on TBS. I don't know, but I know that I'm not... So I feel like people are either... This is a Chris. This is a different... It's a conversation for a different time. We'll have to debate this. I feel like people are either a Christmas story person or it's a wonderful life person. I'm a Christmas, and you're a Christmas, I'm story, a Christmas person. story person. Maybe we'll have to have a debate sometime in during around Christmas time about those two movies. I feel like that's so many people. It's a divisive thing. This divisive, yeah. Well, I don't get like defensive about it. I just you don't like it's a wonderful life. You think it's I not think it, that. No, I think it's okay. I don't think it's great. How? How? That's just, once again, it's a conversation for a different time. So yes. that was your five? That's my five. Right? My number four is Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. It is an awesome movie about time travel. Kicked off this franchise. It's the reason we're here today. <laughs> sort of. Loosely. Loosely. Uh, my number four is Labyrinth. Really? Why? No, I, I'm just, that's a movie I never think about. I... Like, this is, that's like a cult classic where it's like, I do not think about that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it, the reason why I think it's a cult classic is because it was not popular. No. It didn't do well in box office. Um, and then it, it actually has done very well in, in DVD sales Mm -hmm. and it's been, you know, it's marketed as a children's film, but like, if you talk to people who love this film, like they will go in depth about the Goblin King and like. (laughs) all the stuff and i think too it's also a part of the whole like cult david bowie thing like there are people who are it's like a cult following for david bowie did you know that david bowie was supposed to have a minor role in guardians of the galaxy 2 but it was when he was sick so he just said he couldn't film Mm. but never why but he was supposed i forget who he was supposed to be but he was supposed to have like a a decent role in it yeah well that is just I love that film. I think it's great. It's quirky. It's weird. And it's it was low budget. It's, it's and very it's weird. It's, it's good, though. I Amazing. But, like, when's the last time you've seen that movie? Um, not too recently, but definitely more recently than you would think. Like, I would say in the within the past five years, for sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I probably am longer than that. It's good, though. The other thing, okay, that's a movie I need to rewatch soon. And another one my mom and I are talking about was quest for camelot oh my god i have not seen that movie in forever we were talking about the song the prayer and i was like i love i miss that movie oh we gotta watch it sometime so moving on my number three is a movie that i'm gonna go on a limb and say you haven't seen and that is clerks no, I don't by kevin smith know. never it's, heard of it so it's a movie about these two guys who work in a convenience store mm-hmm. and it's just a day in their life it is the movie that launched kevin smith's film career he has made, um, like, he's pretty much only a cult classic director. None of his movies make a lot of money, but he is very well regarded in the Hollywood community and gets tons of people to cameo in his movies because mm-hmm. they just like his work. But it's a it's a comedy movie. 
the iconic scene is the two guys playing hockey on the roof. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's worth like the hour and 45 minutes. It's re- it's really fun. Okay. Clerks 2, not that good. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently Clerks 3, yeah. Okay, so my number three is Dazed and Confused. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> because... I've never seen that movie. I did not see it, and I probably would not have seen it if it was not for my class um, and my first year seminar in college called Rock and Roll High School. <laughs> so, actually, my fav- that was my favorite class of my college career. I will never forget it. Um, because the professor was great, we learned about awesome things, and we watched Dazed and Confused, and... I'm not saying I loved the movie. Like, I'm not saying it's my favorite movie, but I can definitely see it is a, definitely has a cult following. It was not very, you know, high regarded. But now people look back on it and it literally built the high school movie, like, trope thing. Did that come out after Breakfast Club? No, it was in the 70s. It was in the 70s? Yeah. I no, think. there's no way. Okay, well. Matthew McConaughey can't be that old. That would make Matthew McConaughey like 65. I guess you're right. Maybe because it was about the 70s. One second. Sorry, I'm confused. 1993. Wow. I feel like it was so old. I was was gonna say it can't. Don't even. Don't put that in there. (laughs) No, this is staying in there. Don't put that in there. Made me think. (laughs) Anna, this is staying in. It feels like it's so old. Yeah, but but it's because it's a like you said it's about the 70s, right? Yeah, yeah. But I feel like it kind of sorry okay it didn't build it but it did help like i think it was a lot different because they talked more it was like more about like stoners and you know drinking and like all that stuff that i feel like they didn't i don't know that they didn't do in the breakfast club yeah oh wow it only made eight million dollars that's crazy crazy yeah, I've never seen it. I should see it at some point. It kind of, but the thing is, too, it, there's nothing, like, nothing really happens in it. Yeah. It's just, like, okay, coming of age, like, but it's, like, it says do it's a coming of age film, but it's, like, nothing really happens, like. Do you think that that's kind of part of the recipe for movies that become cult classics where not that much happens? Because I'm looking at my list, and, like, a lot of it, not really anything happens or no, <laughs> no change occurs. <laughs> Mine... A lot of things happen. Okay. Maybe it's just different styles that we have. Why is Dazed and Confused so good? That's an interesting Google question. <laughs> um, Is that it on that movie for you? Yeah, that's it. Okay. Because I just messed it up so hard. <laughs> I don't know what I was even thinking there. I just like had a brain By your math, fart. Matthew McConaughey would be like creeping up on... <laughs> Wait, but also... Wait, he'd be creeping up on 70 years but old. But that's funny because he, in the film, he's, like, he's just a guy who, like, hangs around. And he, the best, like, line, the fly in the film, besides All Right, All Right, All Right, which he's been... Which it's, actually was his... Is it the, the high that. school girl? Yeah, he's like, yeah. that's what I love about high schools, man. I keep getting older and they just stay the same age. And so maybe that's why, because I just assume he just sticks around. I don't know. I'm so dumb. Okay, go. <laughs> um... So, my number two, another movie I'm pretty sure Anna hasn't seen, it's The Big Lebowski. No, I should. I gotta put that on my list. Oh, man. It's, I'll put uh, it on my list right now. So, that's a movie that, from personal experience, you either love that movie or you absolutely hate it. <laughs> and uh, it is your prototypical stoner comedy. 
we were just talking about Jeff Bridges last week with Iron Man. When I think of Jeff Bridges, I think of him as the dude. John Goodman is incredible as Walter Sobchuk. The fact that I can remember people's names is a testament to how good of a movie this is. Philip Seymour Hoffman is awesome in it. Steve Buscemi is awesome in it. It is just a very... It's not an uplifting movie, but it is very funny. If you... I think it's the Coen Brothers' best movies, and I don't like a lot of stuff that they make, so... Big Lebowski is number two. Have a White Russian. They're great. <laughs> I knew that was going to be one of your top ones. Uh, my number two is The Princess Bride. Of Surprisingly, course. did not make it on my list. Wow. That film. If. I swear, like, every child has to see that film. Okay, so. I don't know. Okay. I feel like this is a thing for every person, and I need to know. Did you ever play hooky and watch The Princess Bride? No. Oh, okay, well, I felt like that was, like, a thing everyone did. I don't... Did you ever play hooky? Maybe yeah, I mean, why. there were there were days that I was, quote-unquote, sick. Oh, my dad really would sick. let us have hooky days. Like, oh, my dad no, knew. My parents, my parents wouldn't let me do that. But when I would... The days that I would stay home from school if I was sick, I would watch, like, ten hours of Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> No, we would watch or movies. Or Avatar. We would watch movies, and I feel like maybe I'm just assuming it because of my childhood. Like, my childhood, every time we played hooky, I feel like my dad, we always watched this movie with my dad. Really? Yeah. This was it. Like, this was, I mean, I have not seen it in so long, which is so bad. Like, I knew it by heart. Like, I could say all yeah. the words when I was very young. I did. I did watch this movie a lot as a kid. A lot of my extended family, when we would visit Cousins... They would, they would watch this all the time. This and the Goonies. I would watch them a lot at different cousins' houses. But I, you're right. I haven't seen this movie in a long time. Like, way longer than it should be. I know, because it is, it is genius. It is perfection. Perfection. The characters are amazing. And how, how do you feel about the fact that it's being remade? I'm not happy about it. I'm not either. Because this is why I was just, I was just about to say like every single child needs to see this movie till forever. Like it just <laughs> needs to be and I don't ever want it to be remade because you don't have Andre the Giant. You don't have no. like there's so many people that you know like so many of these roles that can never be replaced. I just don't understand why we have to remake perfect movies that shouldn't this should never be remade like the sound of like there's certain movies that should never be remade mm -hmm. the wizard of oz the sound of music like there are just certain films my, my number one is one that shouldn't be remade not to not to mm -hmm. get you off this point but oh. i i agree with you that there it's just there, not there are movies that in the sanctity of film history should just not be touched just don't touch it just leave them alone leave it alone <laughs> yeah watch the movie that it watch the original movie i don't care if it's not as great 4k i don't know like 4k hd for you or if it's no like people you know i don't care it's a great film and you need to watch it like that you need to watch fred savage as a child listen <laughs> to this story from his grandfather i don't know if you ever saw um once upon a dead yes the pg-13 i was dying the <laughs> so funny if if you haven't seen it you can find all the fred savage scenes on youtube where they they just 
use the Princess Bride as I mean, a vehicle for a long joke. It is awesome. The people who made Deadpool are geniuses because there are so many kids who want to watch. Like my like my parents let my brother watch anything like Radar. Yeah, but like I know our like our best friends. Her son is a year younger than my brother, and he wanted to watch it, and she had him watch the PG-13 movie, and she was like, I was dying. I thought it was so funny. I, oh, man, the French, the reveal when he's in the bed and they, like, take the sheet off is so, <laughs> it is so stupid and so funny. So good. And, oh, man, we need to watch that movie soon, though. Not Once Upon a Deadpool. We need to watch uh, the, Princess the, the Princess Bride. Yeah. But it even, you know, like you were saying about the 4K thing, that movie doesn't look bad. No. But it has that grainy kind of, like... Which is fine. But that's what, you know, it's the same thing if I see Singing in the Rain or when I watch It's a Wonderful Life. It's in freaking black and white. And it needs to be that way. That's just how it has to be. But even, like, when they broadcast those today, they're not in, like, 480. They're in, like, 720. <laughs> because, no, so from my understanding, yeah. they take the raw footage mm-hmm. and they like re-render it yeah they don't just say like oh this was on a vhs we're gonna rip it off a of vhs and put it onto i mean like when you watch the wizard of oz like they colored that yeah i still don't know how they did that That's i mean like... i used to watch also shirley temple movies they did that too remember i used to love shirley temple movies this is like a very distinct memory but i remember like movies and granted we're not that old but like movies that were at my grandparents house where they would be like the wizard of oz where they were previously black and white colored and it, technicolor it, it, yeah in technicolor. technicolor like i just remember that technicolor logo across yeah, the bottom yeah. so distinctly yes and that's something that people are never <laughs> ever going to know again <laughs> i don't know why i just thought about that but no. yeah very weird stuff it, current future kids are going to be like oh this movie's in 16k my of children 8, 8K. will be watching <laughs> these movies as i as i say to you they by, will be by the time by the we'll time shove it down their throats in like 15 years they're just gonna, the movie's just gonna be, like, in the inside of your retinas, where, like, it's just gonna be VR, but without a headset. Well, we were watching, it was funny, my mom found some, like, old videos of, like, me, my mom, for some reason, every, there's all these baby videos of me, and she just keeps telling me to dance. She's like, dance, Anna, dance! I'm like, (laughs) mom, like, act like I'm your monkey or something. And it's funny, because we were watching, I would, I watched, uh, what's called, Little Mermaid like on repeat but mm-hmm. a bunch of the other ones were like us watching My Best Friend's Wedding and then also <laughs> another one was Singing in the Rain she's like I would play that all the time when you were a kid that's crazy yeah so you know you just gotta play those classics for your children then they'll end up liking them <laughs> that's or my ha- plan or hating them they will not hate them my children will not so I don't love Wizard of Oz but that's because I, I used to that used to be on all the time I've seen it too many times. Too many times. Too many. I mean, it's good, but I'm like, I could never see Wizard of Oz again, and I'm I'm okay with that. What? Okay. Well, let's just move on. Move along. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. Uh, my number one is a movie that has appeared on a list before for me. It might have been number one on another list. I don't remember. But that is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. It did not make much money when it released. It you a, are obsessed with this movie. Because it's one of the best performances ever. <laughs> ever. Gene Wilder as John Willy Wonka. die on his grave for this movie. No, this movie is awesome. This is an all-time classic. Sorry, die on a hill, not a grave. I, not, not on a grave, no. Um, this movie 
as we were saying before, certain things should not be remade. They violated that rule with this movie. They they desecrated that rule. But it's still an all-time classic. I just rewatched on on Netflix. There are some stuff that's weird. Of course, I don't like Grandpa Joe. If you also don't like Grandpa Joe, go to Reddit r slash Grandpa Joe hate. There's an entire community of thousands of people on the internet that hate Grandpa Joe because he's a scumbag. He's a scumbag. He is. Um, also, unrelated, the grandparents definitely, because they've been in that bed for years, they definitely piss and poop in that bed. Okay, can we just move along? Okay. Uh, yeah. Movie's great. There's still some flaws in the logic, but it is one of the best acting performances ever and I will take that to my grave. Okay. I'm glad. I don't know what your number one is, because I thought Princess Bride was going to be your number one. No, my number one is obviously the Rocky Horror Picture Show, oh. the cult classic. If you're going to say... if you're Why gonna, did I not... Why did I not think of that? It... If you say cult classic, and Rocky Horror Picture Show does not come into your mind, then something's wrong with you. It isn't on my list, because I haven't seen it. It is amazing. It is the most ridiculous film you like musical whatever you'll ever see, but it is so. I've all I didn't go. I've never been to a midnight showing. Which I was. I, that's I was on just my gonna bucket ask list. I really want to go. I went to like a. I went to like a one at my you know in college that was kind of like lame showing, but it was still fun. But I just have always thought it was so cool. I think too it was a big thing that's like all about outsiders yeah and that it was a it's like a big thing for that like outsiders like the gay community you know artists stuff like that mm -hmm. but it's hilarious those songs are so catchy you know time warp let's do the time warp again do they i don't know if you know the answer to this question do they keep records of how much it makes does do, when they re-release it does it get added to its box office yeah so this this i don't know but i know that I know with the Rocky Horror Picture Show, they, like, it's, like, all the money it's made has basically been, oh, wait, I want to say this with Princess Bride. So the Princess Bride did not make, I got so into talking about oh, it. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Princess Bride did not do well in box office, but it is estimated that since from 2000, what did I say, 2000? Uh, I think it was 2003 to 2019. I don't even know, 2007 maybe. Oh, I don't know. Sure. 6.2 million DVDs in, in like the, in, 10 in, years. Yeah, in like 10 years. 10 or like 15 years. That is crazy. Yeah. Ow. But, so the Rocky Horror Picture Show has, I don't even know, but it's crazy because it, like, it was critically panned on its initial release, but now it has a huge cult fo following and has been considered as one of the greatest musical films of all time and has been selected for preservation in the National Film Registry. That's crazy. It's so good. I'm going to make... You're going to watch it this Halloween. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch it. It's been on my list of stuff to watch. I've just never... They also portrayed... They also did a remake of this for the live version. Did they really? Hmm. But it's it's there there are things that shouldn't be there are things that shouldn't be touched. And for for things that are cult classics like this, I like the approach that Rocky Horror Picture Show goes with, where they do re-release it. And they've done that with other things. Like on my list, Big Lebowski, they released that a couple years ago again for a limited run. Mm -hmm. So more people 
could see it, and I think that that's... Cult classics are classics for a reason. They weren't accepted in their time, or they had bad distribution, or whatever, but they're not bad movies. Except I will contend I don't like Donnie Darko. (laughs) Which is... On, I mean, I on think... any list, on any list that is not Rocky Horror Picture Show, Donnie Darko is always number two. I think the thing is, what makes cult classics so great is because, you know, they're not, they're kind of like kitschy and like, I don't know, they're not popular, but then they are popular because then when you find the people, you know, you find these groups of people that love them, it's such a fun thing that you can just talk about them for hours. Well, and that's like kind of what makes films great to talk about, but then even more so with cult films because it's kind of like they were nothing and then, you know, it's crazy how they were nothing and then they become this phenomenon. You know, there there are it's really interesting to when a movie's a cult classic and it gets a sequel and to see how that's received. Um yeah. especially when it gets more money. I can't think of a ton off the top of my head, but the biggest one I can think of, and it's a fascinating study in this stuff, is Blade Runner, which most people can, like a lot of people consider one of the best sci-fi films ever, but it didn't make any money. It got a big budget sequel in 2017 that also didn't make that much money, even though it had huge names, huge directors, all this stuff. And it's really interesting to see, like, I wish that, Obviously, I wish COVID wasn't going on for a number of reasons, but I wish that Bill and Ted got a proper theatrical release to see how that would do, because it's a cult classic now with two sequels. Yeah. And the second one didn't make that much money. But, like, I would love to see... Did The, the Princess Bride never got a sequel, right? I was going to say, so. more than a remake, not. more than a remake, I'd want to see, like, a, a sequel or, like... I don't know what you would do for a I, sequel I don't, to Princess Bride. Yeah, I don't it's really a, It's know. a cut and dry... It is. Whatever happened to her? Uh, I don't even know what her name is. Like, what her actress's name is. Robin Wright. She's in other stuff, but... She is. Oh, I, I recognize her face. Forrest Gump. She's... Oh, she's Jenny! What Jenny! the hell? Jenny! I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just think of her. Uh, right. I was reading... I was... Uh, last thing on Princess Bride. Sorry. And then we'll get to wrapping up. I was reading this thing earlier in the or I I guess over the weekend, about how Andre the Giant one time in one sitting drank 174 beers. Because apparently when you have um, gigantism, which he had, your body doesn't process alcohol in the same way where it doesn't doesn't affect you. So you can just sit there and drink for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and and nothing happens. God, I love Andre the Giant and I love Mandy (laughs) Patikin. Like, they're both... (laughs) Just they make this movie. They make that. well, and Wallace Shawn obviously with inconceivable is oh, yes. like inconceivable. <sighs> we have to watch that soon. <laughs> we will. We will. But yeah, that's our cult classic list because I don't really know how to end that. <laughs> yeah, there's just too much to talk about. There's so much to love with cult films. I love doing these lists too because it always reminds me of how many movies that I just want to go back and rewatch. Yeah, there's just too little time. So many movies in too little time. Well, there is time. It's just prioritizing stuff. <laughs> yes, we could we could spend 
our days just watching movies. If we get enough followers on this podcast, <laughs> you can make that happen. So <laughs> with that, thanks for listening to our episode about Bill and Ted, Face the Music, and all of our talk about our favorite cult films. Yep. Let us know what your thoughts. A reminder, next week we're going to be doing Tenet because it's finally out. And we are really looking forward to getting back in the theater. And we want to know if you guys are going back to the theater too. So let us, let know. us know. Thank you all for listening. And we will talk to you in a week. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Wait, I have a name. It's Dennis. Dennis McCoy. Okay, let's go, Dennis McCoy. Dennis Caleb McCoy. That's the, the full Let's name. go, dude. How are we going to find them, dude? I don't know, dude. Yeah, I don't even know, dude. I'm really sorry that I lasered you all. I just need to tell you my name. My name is Dennis Caleb McCoy. And I just want to say Dennis. I got lost. Get in, Dennis. Okay. Take it, you guys. Take it, Cuddy. Oh, hello. Hello, everyone. Hey, hey. Okay. Friends. What about a, a tambourine? Uh, I mean, how hard can it be to rock the bat? Tambourine is not as easy as it looks. What about dancing? I'm, I'm a very gifted dancer. Dance? Really? Why don't you go over there and rehearse your dance? Okay. I already said goodbye to the girls. But I want to stay here and dance. Dennis? Later, Later Dennis. Dennis. My name is Dennis. Dennis McCoy. <laughs>